This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It is a special game day edition, post-game edition of always game day in Cleveland. Man, what a day it was. The Browns finally got a win. They were kind of able to shake things off. We haven't seen one of these since Cincinnati, but... It was joyous and it was fun, and today's show is brought to you locally by Smiley One, heating, cooling, and plumbing. Bryant and Smiley One, the right choice for your comfort. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. 23-17 in overtime. Daryl, we're talking about a win. We're talking about a win, man. And and not only a win, but I think the first one in the Stefanski era where they were trailing by seven points in the fourth quarter and they won. Like it's it is a rare snatch victory from the jaws of defeat for the Cleveland Browns. Can true get or, used to this. True or oh. false? You were thinking of ways for them to blow the game at the end. True 100% or false? True. True. I was too. I, I I had every scenario going in my uh, head, including Cade York missing the PAT. Boom with you. To Tom Brady going down and getting him in field goal range in 38 seconds. Boom with you. Uh, Keep going. <laughs> thankfully. They're worse at managing a clock than the Browns are. Um, I Then it got to overtime, and I thought they were going to lose in overtime, especially because Tampa Bay got the ball. And the way that drive started, it didn't look like they were going to give it up. So I was like, yeah, Browns ain't seeing the ball. Brady's just going to walk right down the field and score a touchdown. And the defense held and, uh, you know, went back and forth a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, uh, this, I would have to say, is one of the most improbable wins in the expansion era because because it was against tom brady is that why no they were they were dead with two minutes to go ball was sitting at the 40 the offense had been catatonic since the first quarter and there goes the defense i mean the defense came through and gave him the ball back that's what i'm like i'm shocked they were able to do it multiple times in this game well the the defense, I think, played one of their better games. They forced six. I, I just added it up before we jumped on the podcast. They forced six three and outs out of 13 possessions for Tampa Bay. One ended, uh, one drive ended because it, you know, the, the end of the half. They forced nine punts 
and Tampa Bay ended up scoring on just three possessions. That to me, that's an incredible effort. Martin Emerson was fantastic. He was. Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney absolutely wrecked that game down the stretch, late fourth quarter and overtime, which is what we have been talking about for weeks and weeks and weeks that needed to see from. Miles needed to see from Jadavian those sacks when the game is on the line. Tom Brady's like one of the hardest guys in the NFL to sack. And the Browns were able to get to him not only in the fourth quarter to force that final punt that uh, set up the tying touchdown, but then in overtime that also set up the game-winning touchdown. Uh, and, and, and Miles Garrett's basically playing with his left shoulder falling off of him from the, you know, the car accident. He's playing mm-hmm. through pain. Uh, asked after the game, scale of one to ten, he said between a seven and a nine. Wow! <laughs> D- depending on what the situation is, so my hats off and respect to him. But yeah, that, that did, it was funny. I was talking to someone, so I was leaving the stadium, ran into someone, and like you're leaving off early. I said, "Well, y'all, yeah, it's always game day in Cleveland. Got got a podcast to record with my guy Andy Baskin here. We nice. Get to, we get to finally talk about a Browns victory. And did they say they were going to listen? They're like, and, uh, and, what's that, man? And, and and say lots of really nice things, and um, yeah, I mean it's uh, yeah. I, th- this is uh, I don't know that this cancels out the Jets game, but I thought about that too. We, down, we are of one mind tonight, my friend. Of one mind. Down seven, less than two minutes to play, tie the game, and then win it in overtime. I mean, these are things we never see the Browns do. So I guess we gotta have to check against I mean, Tom Brady. Let's not. I, I mean, I know. I know. Tom Brady, I mean, I one of the few places I think he'll walk away. It depends what happens next year, but two and two well, on the lakefront. I got Only this. Only in Cleveland. In Cleveland. Yeah, I got this stat. This, Zach Jackson tweeted this, mm-hmm. uh, and he credits True Media. Uh, but uh, when trailing by seven or more points in the fourth quarter, the Browns were 0-73-1 and in their last 74 games. You're kidding me. That's not true. Say that again. Oh, 73 and one in their last 74 games when trailing by seven or more points in the fourth quarter. That's a totally believable statistic. The Browns never come from behind, Andy. When's the last? I think the last time they legit came from behind might have been the the magical uh, explosion at Tennessee, that record breaking 25 point comeback. like I, I can't remember the last time the Browns came from behind to win a game in the fourth quarter. Honestly, so I, I used to use this stat all the time for Baker Mayfield because Pro Ref, Football Reference has it, and the stat was f- six fourth quarter comebacks, seven game winning drives. That's what he has now. Yeah, and they were all here. And according to this, on. Uh, let's see. That would have been October. Yeah. October 25th of 2020. He came back with with those comebacks by like six or fewer points. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. That's six or fewer. Yeah. That's only a three point. Yeah. That was four, three, one, six, seven or more points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So the closest would have been Carolina, ironically in 2018. They so we just wasted two minutes points. for you to look yeah. up an incorrect statistic. Excellent. Well, no, the the <laughs> the, the stat is correct. I'm not questioning the stat. Yeah, you Thank are because you, you looked it up and you found out the stat was right. <laughs> yeah, the stat was right. I just didn't realize seven or more points. Wow, that is just 
That is Looney Tunes. That's wow. Bananas. That's, wow, that's bananas. awesome. Now, and, and what a great yeah. way for, you know, for Jacoby Brissett to kind of end this run of 11 games. Although it did feel, it felt like it was a retirement press conference <laughs> after the game. It was very, very weird. Even though he dropped a couple F-bombs in there too that made everyone go, ah, what are you doing? Yeah. Two F-bombs right out of the gate. I was like, you go, Jacoby. I'm glad I'm on cable. That's what I yeah, thought. Absolutely. Um, he went full LeBron James. <laughs> uh, no, I think he was I think he was minus five on LeBron okay. James. Two of seven. He was only two of seven. Okay. LeBron so, was seven for seven to that. I think that's the way it went down. Um, Wyatt Teller, who, if this football thing doesn't work out, I think stand-up comedy is in his future. So after the game, you know, we're, we're talking to guys about just what Jacoby means. And Teller goes, oh, he means the world, you know, sarcastically, you know. Right. And then he gives a real serious answer and praise and whatever. And he goes, wait, he's not dying. Let's get that straight. He's still on the team, okay? <laughs> so Jamel said that on our TV post game too. He was like, oh, well, you know, he died today. I'm like, what are you talking about? I go, he's one snap away from being back in the game. And he's like, well, that's the way the media is painting this picture. I'm like. I'm going to put That's you not in. the way the media is. This is the contract the Browns I'm you on the spot. Has like. Jacoby Brissett taken his final snap for the Cleveland Browns? In no. No, I think <gasps> he'll take another snap. Andy Baskin. I'm telling you. <laughs> At some Andy point, Baskin putting the uh, bad juju on. You don't think Deshaun Watson might need to come out for one snap over the next couple of games? I hope not. I mean, I just think I think the percentages are are decent that he takes another snap this See, season. This is a byproduct of us witnessing every tragic event to happen to a football team happening to the Cleveland Browns. This which, is true. Which, which, by the way, this person that I had the conversation with after the game, I said, "Yeah, I got to go home." And when I'm done with the podcast, I got to rewrite my entire top takeaways. <laughs> Why did you write him before the two minute mark or something? Yeah. Oh. And they said. I'm guessing you didn't have us winning. I go, well, no, you guys were the walking dead for three quarters. <laughs> oh, was this someone on staff? Yeah. <laughs> uh, an active player? No, but on the Browns oh. payroll. <laughs> oh, on the Browns payroll. Gotcha. <laughs> oh, what a game, what a game, what a game. Browns win 23-17. It's, it's kind of fun to talk about a, a lot of the stuff. We're going to get more into the game and some of the things that happened that didn't happen, like I'll bring this question up when we come back here in a moment about the two-point conversion uh, when the Browns scored late in the fourth quarter. Would you have gone for it or not? And I thought that um, I thought Kevin Stefanski's answer was super interesting. So we're going to dive into that. We're going to dive into Tom Brady. We're going to dive into um, Deshaun Watson getting moving this week. There are a lot of things to talk about. So we are just getting underway. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Post-game edition, a victory edition. Of It's Always Game Day in Cleveland, 23-17, as the Browns walk away a winner uh, this afternoon at the stadium. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. 
Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin, brought to you locally by Smiley One. We're all smiling tonight because the Browns got a win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Brought to you locally again by Smiley One, heating, cooling, and plumbing. Bryant and Smiley One, the right choice for your comfort. All right, so Daryl, there were a lot of really cool things that happened in this game that are worth talking about. David Njoku's catch uh, to tie the game up at 17 in the fourth quarter was simply amazing. Fourth down and 10. It was do or die, and he decided that this team was going to live on. And that catch was incredible. Yeah, I, I had to post a picture of it in my top takeaways. It was that amazing. Uh, airborne, full extension, left hand in the air with the football. One hand. By the way, is he left handed? Uh, I don't think so. God, that's even more amazing if that's true. That's... I'm left handed. I don't know. I don't know if he is or not, but like these are the type of plays we've been waiting for him to make, right? Right. These, Game yeah. winners on fourth and 10. The type of, well, these are the type of opportunities we've been begging for him to get too right and jacoby put the football where no one was going to get it but him and he 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 made a play that for, for now saved the season right because once you get to the eighth loss the season is officially over and they're mathematically eliminated like right now like it's a paper thin margin i think it's like point zero 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 two percent chance eight According to 538 or 530, I can't remember what it is, 538.com, they had a 4% chance to make the postseason prior to because I snapped it. I, I hit it before when they you were just, losing 17 You just always have to dump all over my sarcasm. Oh, um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Keep keep point zero zero zero. It's 8% chance though right now. And they can only max out at like 68% right now of chance yeah. making playoffs. The way things are set up right now. Yeah, but I it just it's one of the more spectacular catches we've seen made by a Cleveland Brown in the expansion era. It really is. I mean, that just was a phenomenal, phenomenal. Did you talk about it after the game, Daryl? Did you talk to him about it? Uh, yeah, he did, he did talk about it and hey, just doing what he's paid to do, you know. I And, you know, um, but this is why I keep clamoring for him to get red zone targets because yeah. he has this ability. And by not throwing him the football, with in those opportunities, you know, you don't give them to him. You don't give him a chance to make the, uh, you know, spectacular plays like that. And so it gets very, very um, head scratching, I think is the way I want to put it when he doesn't get those. So he shows you what he, what, you know, what he can do in those moments when given the, um, you know, when given the opportunities uh, to do so. And, and he did. So I, I just, I, I, uh, I mean, he did say his, Similar to Jacoby's not dead yet. That's he's still on the team. Right. Well, Najoku was asked if like it's the you know greatest catch of his career. Whatever. He's like, yeah, my career is not over yet, so I don't know. Good for him. That's a good answer. <laughs> um, so I, I want to read this amazing stat to you. Okay. Nick, this is the amazing stat. Okay. Nick Chubb rushed for 116 yards. That's not the amazing part. The amazing part is the 26 carries. And what does that mean, Daryl? Over 18. It means over 18 carries. And I think it was the last 22 times now that he's had more than 18 carries. They've only lost three times. So bravo coaching staff for getting Nick Chubb the ball. 
116 yards on 26 carries in a game that didn't get away from them. Well, how he, about that? He lit the spark because, like I said, they, I mean, they were dead man walking there with he about did light two minutes it. to go. And he rips off the 28 yard run down to the 12 to set up the, the game tying touchdown four plays later to David Njoku on fourth down. And then in overtime, like, I don't like my really my most negative thing to say uh, about the game was did Kevin Stefanski not realize he did not have to give the ball back to the Patriots if they scored because like he was bleeding the overtime clock like he wanted to score with no time on left on the clock for the Buccaneers so I don't know if he didn't realize they that they were in the sudden death portion of the program right but, um, they were so but let me ask you this was, what if they end up getting to run out of time. Yeah, but if you get to third down and you still haven't made the end zone, you can't right? field goal. Yeah, but if then and then if you miss the field goal, well, if you have a bad snap, then they don't get a chance. You cover it up, right? And then you try again on fourth down. I kind of can see his rationale there on the on bleeding the clock at the end of the game. No, there was it, they were either gonna they were either going to win or tie. They were not going to lose at that point, know. right? If you milk the clock, that's the case. I know, but I was just like, he does realize when they when they score here, like the game's over. Like, so let's go. Let's go back to the next point. I thought his answer on the two point or the not going for two in regulation to win the game. I'm glad he did not go for two. I'm glad his answer. His answer was, um, the the answer was like, I thought he said, I thought about it. I looked at the play. I didn't like the play. I wrote the play and didn't feel good about it. Okay. Yeah. Wow, truthful. That, like, that might be the most personable, truthful thing he said all season. And I'm like, okay, you lived, you know, you were willing to put yourself out there and you designed the play and you didn't want to run it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't blame him. No. I, I heard people, they were ripping on him on the post game show. Why? I wish there were some guy called in and I was like, this is, I can't believe this, right? You got to have something to rip on. Some guy called it and said there were three things he didn't like. Hang on one second. Sorry. <coughs> Sorry. There were three things he didn't like. I can't remember the third. One was the fact they didn't go for two. And the other was, I didn't like the fact that Jacoby Brissett just put the ball up there at the end of the first half and took that interception. And I was like, it's a Hail Mary at the end of the first half. What do you want? Like, see, I'm this like, is, see, this is why I'm glad. We, we are so, it. like, we've become so dumb right now in the way we think about the game that, I, like, I was like, wow, I was impressed by the way he threw that ball. I didn't realize his arm was that strong. To make it all the way from all the way to the end zone, and yet this is what I was listening to after the game, and I was just like, "Oh my goodness!" You have my promise. We will never take phone calls on this podcast. I well, I can call in if you want me to. You want me to call in? No, I'll call good. my phone if you want. We're good. Hey, longtime listener, first time caller. Uh, I've known, you know, I, I I was born in '67, but I've been a Browns fan uh, prenatal. So, like <laughs> in the you know, in the 66 season, I know, well, you know, I was I was a prenatal uh, Browns fan because of the draft in 68, uh, I was, I was, I was, or in 67, I'm sorry, I was around for the draft, but not really. So I got to, like, I, you know, I would sit there and I was like booing and, and cheering and my mom couldn't figure out what was going on. So, but I am a longtime listener. So let me tell you this, right? Isn't that what we would get? Oh, God. There's nothing better than a prenatal Browns fan. Daryl, how about, so let's go through Nick Chubb here for a second because Chubb also hit the 1,000-yard mark today, becoming the first Brown to record four seasons 
of a thousand yard performances since Jim Brown accomplished the feat in uh, 58 through 61. Again, my prenatal years. So my question for you then is how meaningful is that? And does it feel like it's kind of a waste? Uh, well, obviously, I mean, it, it's meaningful yet another thousand yard season for him. Um, I, I just guys were making fun of the fact that he actually, I guess, spoke in the huddle today. He, spoke, he normally doesn't say what what he say. He spoke twice in the what do you say? Let's Allegedly. win. What do you say? Allegedly, um, one of a, one of the things he said, and I'm summarizing here, but uh, I guess one of the things he said was something to the effect of, "We just got to push through the lull. We always go through lulls offensively. We just got to get through it and and win this game." And then late in the game, I guess he said, "Let's just go win the game." That's awesome. When he went to go at the end of the game, when he yep, put right it in the end zone, scored, right before he scored the touchdown, he's like, yeah, let's just go win the game. Uh, and the funny thing is he said it, I guess, before the play call came in to give him the ball. Hmm. I, I think it was a no brainer because you were going to get the third down. Yeah. And if they didn't score on that run, you were going to kick. And if it was a bad snap on third down, you were going to lay on it. Oh, it was all laid out for them right there, and they did it. But you know what? I'm just I'm happy they won. I, I feel good for them. And, you know, the tide will turn now as we look towards uh, Deshaun Watts. I know we're going to get more into that here in a second. I'm also – Amari Cooper's play in overtime really made up for dropping that fourth down pass. I, I watched that fourth. I could not believe he dropped a ball on fourth down that was right into his hands. I was like, who is that guy? Yeah. he. I, well, I was Wait. thinking – I, I was thinking, well, Lamarty Cooper is officially a Cleveland Brown. <laughs> because, because, right, that's what happens with Cleveland Browns. You never see things. You never saw them do these things when they were there before they got here. And then all of a sudden they start doing these things that don't help them win. But he went from goat to hero real quick. He's as reliable as they come. Had that drop. You knew it killed him to drop that ball. But then he comes right back in overtime. Granted, little help with the, you know, Buccaneer falling down and leaving him wide open, but caught the football, got down to the three-yard line, um, and set up Chubb's game winner. So all's well that ends well. Daryl, right? this this should have been the Stranger Things game because I think we were in the upside down. Think about that, that Amari Cooper dropped an easy fourth down pass, yep. and Anthony Schwartz caught a pass today for 17 yards <laughs> and – and ran one in for a touchdown. I mean, we were totally in the upside down today. This was Stranger Things. This I wish this would have been the Halloween game. No, wait a minute. The Halloween game wasn't bad. That was Cincinnati, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, that was a good game. Maybe we live in the upside down. Maybe that's maybe that's what they were thinking the whole time they did the what show. What is this? Pirates of the Caribbean? Huh? 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 What is up is down. Remember that? <laughs> and ironically, against the Buccaneers. Oh, that is I got you, baby. 23-17, that was the final. The Browns win, win, win in overtime. All right, what's next? Let's talk about that on It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. He's Daryl. I'm Andy. And if you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast. Or if you want to chime in on the show, you can always hit us up on social media um, at Game Day CLE on either Twitter or Instagram. Either one of those is a, a, a totally acceptable. And we would love to have you in one of our mailbox shows. Again, 23-17 in overtime. The Browns come back. They were trailing, and they scored in the final two minutes of the game with a David Njoku touchdown catch, and they made the extra point. Bravo, bravo. And then they were able on their second possession in overtime, a huge play 
Huge play to Amari Cooper to get the Browns inside the three-yard line or around the three-yard line, and then Nick Chubb sealed the deal in the end for the victory. Um, the 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 scene will turn. I'm sure we're going to talk a lot more about this during the week. But so now you have Jacoby Brissett. He's played his 11 games, and now we have Deshaun Watson going to Houston. Daryl, just your initial thoughts as everything will go TMZ tomorrow in Berea. Probably right, don't you think? What do you think? Well, we'll be on Zoom on Monday, so um, not still be either. questions, right? It, it'll be on Wednesday. Well, no, I mean, look, there were there were there were questions after the game uh, about Deshaun, and clearly you can see you can tell the players are excited that Watson uh, is going to take over. But there there was a tremendous amount of reverence and respect uh, paid toward Jacoby Brissett and the job that he did in such a a tough situation, and he absolutely deserve better than four and seven um it was nice that he gets to leave the stadium a winner one of the more improbable victories for the browns in the expansion era uh he certainly in my view played well above and beyond expectation um and i i will say this if the defense magically gets it together for deshaun watson my feeling is going to be it's a real shame they didn't get it together for Jacoby Brissett. Or they waited until Jacoby Brissett's final game to really get it together. Because The defense deserves a lot of credit uh, for Sunday's performance in that o- overtime win. I mean, they held Tampa Bay to just 17 points, forced nine punts, only three scoring drives, and an overtime game. Like That's not a four-quarter four game either, Andy. I mean, it's an, they forced two punts in overtime uh as as well here so um yeah it uh it, it was just nice to see Jacoby Brissett be able to uh leave first energy stadium with a smile on his face because he earned it he deserved it and uh I I look I'm not gonna lie I'm, I'm still shocked they won I I am because the, the, we're used to seeing the Browns blow games like that right where they are up seven points with two minutes to go, and they're the team that loses in overtime. And it was, you know, look, it was nice to see them finally turn the tables on somebody and uh, send the Buccaneers back to Florida with their sixth loss of the season. Daryl, I think it's interesting to look at the AFC North standings right now because that Jets game still haunts you because you'd be, what, five and six if you would have won that game. <laughs> that Jets game is just absolutely haunting. A few players haunting. mentioned that in the locker room. What'd they say? I don't, don't want to look back at that Jets game, but oh boy, that's a doozy. It's a killer right now. And it, I, you know, is, I keep talking about it. It's six and five. We can legit have a conversation about them making a run in the final six games here. Like the Browns have to win all six games, in my view, for them to get in. I don't even know if winning, I, I don't even know if winning out gets them in. Darryl. Well, I'm just saying that at least gets them to 10 and seven, and that's legit. You're in the playoffs. Okay. Right. Even if it's as the number seven uh, seed, the wild, that last wild card. But I just, I'm realistic. They're not going to win all uh, six games down the stretch. In fact, the longest winning streak in the expansion era is four. Four at the end of Mangini's season. Yeah. Uh, Mangini, hang on. I got, I, oh, look at this stat boy. Oh, I got, let me bring out the Browns bleep sheet for you. Where I have all of this tabulated. Um, 
Nah, that's not the that's the file I'm looking for. Yes, the one with the profanity in it. Um, oh, nice. Here we go. <laughs> Hence the bleep sheet. Um, the Browns have had three game winning streaks in 2001, 2007, 2012, 2013, 2014, 2018, 2019, and 2021. They have won four games in a row, which is the most for the franchise in the expansion era, four times. 2009, that's the Mangini season to save his job. 2019, and then twice in 2020, the playoff season. So let me ask you this. What's in perspective how bad like how bad it is when it comes to like win streaks so i just i'm i'm a realist and i don't expect that deshaun's going to come out and light the world on fire we're going to get into this later in the week but i I, he's they're going to stub their toe at some point against somebody they're not going to go six and oh maybe they go i look i think if they can go four and two down the stretch that gets them back to where they were a year ago at eight and nine and i think that that is realistic and I think, honestly, that is the best they're going to be able to hope for because you've got the Texans. That's a win. Yeah, the Bengals have changed their – Yeah, the, things will be tough against the Bengals, so I don't it's, know. And it's in Cincinnati. That doesn't help either. you got so. the Ravens at home. That's going to be super tough. Right. Although State. they lost today to Jacksonville. I know. The, my Saints suck, so that should be a win. I'm giving them a win there. Okay. Washington's a pain in the ass, but I'm going to give them a win there. That's there. Too. And and Pittsburgh sucks, so I'm giving them a win there. They got four and two. Is it conceivable? Could they beat all those teams? I I, I think yeah. here's the important part: the, to get the win in Texas. I think it's going to be big for Deshaun. I think the telling tale will be the future, and it has to do with the Bengals, the Ravens, and the Steelers because they're all on the schedule ahead. Yep. We play them three more times. Look efficient, look good in those games, and then you create you create. Hope for the future. I think that's yeah, and hope can be a dangerous thing, but I, I do think that's the important. We live part on of hope left. in Cleveland. Yeah, we do. It was so weird going you know, into the stadium today. Star Wars copyright stuff. This podcast will be named "A New Hope." Is that really copyrighted? A new yeah, hope? yeah, yeah. I think it we is. get some legal legal. Tra- I'm sure the lawyers would have something to say about that. If okay, we, well, if we called this podcast "A New Hope," but it's always game day in Cleveland won't get you in trouble. Apparently not. Okay. Or it's always game day in Cincinnati, or it's always game day in Buffalo, or it's always game day in Toledo. Hang on. I'm checking my phone for all the royalties we get for the usage of it's always game day. No, nope. yeah, there are none, 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 none. All right. So let's just get into this week a little bit because I do in the next couple, excuse me, in the next couple podcasts here, we'll be talking a lot about Deshaun Watson. Okay. So guys feel good. They get tomorrow off or no? Uh, they'll, we'll, we'll get a couple of guys on zoom. I think it'll be a typical Monday. They don't do victory Mondays anymore. So kind of got to earn those, don't you? Well, no, I, it's just, it's, um, I, I think it's somewhat of a little bit of a loser's mentality. Like it's it, it, winning isn't supposed to be special. It's supposed to be what you do. You know what I'm saying? Like eh, to a point. I mean, look, if you knew you were getting the day off cause you played super hard on Sunday, I'd be all in. Or how about you can have every Monday off if they wanted to? Or how about you just play super hard on Sunday because you're getting paid millions of dollars to play super hard on Sunday? Stop making sense. Stop that. Stop it, Daryl. 
Um, other any other takeaways from this game today? Because I know uh, as we move forward in the week, we're going to move more forward into Deshaun Watson. But any other takeaways? Like one of the big takeaways I had, I've got one that I did, did have not mentioned. <laughs> Go ahead. Special teams didn't suck. Uh, missed a field goal today though, didn't they? Didn't, but still okay. longest kickoff return of the season. Right. Longest punt return of the season. Made an extra uh, point. A- averaged and made a 51 yard field goal. Those yeah, that was a big deal. Blocked. Mm-hmm. Um, average 15 yards per punt return. I I mean, I couldn't tell you the last time the Browns averaged double digits on punt returns in a game. So hat tip Donovan Peoples Jones in the punt return game and Jerome Ford, what a little spark plug he's been in the kickoff return game, huh? It's been fun. He's but done he... a really, really nice job this season. So, yeah, how about that for a takeaway? Congratulations, Mike Prefer, for the first time this season, your special teams unit didn't absolutely blow. Wait, well, first week of the season, first game, game number one, Panthers. You got to give them that one, too. They won on a special teams play. Yeah, Sorry. I don't remember any good returns. Yeah, no, I don't either. Um maybe perhaps the magic elixir to getting this team to win is to have somebody go out on the field and do donuts a couple days before. I'm just saying, I'm just oh, saying how you bad know, did that look on TV? It, oh, they uh, won. Who cares? Well, they, need to cut that. they need to cut the lawn in circles now, just like that, much like stranger things or crop circles from UFOs. Boom. Don't, I got it. Don't give JB, JW Johnson any ideas. I mean, they already painted Brownie the Elf in fatigues for. I thought that was okay, didn't you? I no. What? No. You didn't like that. No. Why not? Um, disrespectful. I just kind of feel like I have a tremendous amount of respect for the military. My dad's a Vietnam vet. I know you you have family that that served as well. Great Uh, step grandfather landed on the shores of Normandy, baby. I, I just. I don't like the normalization of, of camouflage in fashion, just like okay. I don't like seeing American flag in fashion and stuff like that. I just, uh, and maybe that's just the, the, the old cranky man in me or whatever talking, but Get off my lawn. I, I just kind of feel like that, you know, that's, that's military, you know, I respect it. I respect I, what I, you're I, saying. Yeah. I, I don't like that. The team sells camouflage merchandise, I understand. I get it. It's a marketing thing. It's a salute to military stuff. I get it. Or maybe only sell it to military members or something like that. You know, but I just, the normal we have in society of wearing camouflage (laughs) kind of rubs me a little bit the wrong way, just because I think it's, I view it. It's my own personal opinion. I view that as somewhat disrespectful because as someone who hasn't served, I didn't serve in the military. I shouldn't wear camouflage. I shouldn't wear any attire that has camouflage on it because I, I did not earn the right to do that. I did not serve in the military or for the country there. And, and so that, and then that's, like I said, that's just my own. So you'll like this. So let me give you two other nuggets. But, if they, but if they paint Brownie in a Santa outfit for the, for the Christmas Eve game, I won't object to that because he is an elf, right? No, that's a good point. Kind of a he's got work to do, man. He's got to go North pole and right. he's got to get back so, and, you can't put you can't you do have my permission to paint brownie in a in a little santa elf outfit there was a really cool moment probably about let's see 11 10 about 10 o'clock this morning if you enter the stadium from the lakeside was that when they were trying to dry out the field under the tarp (laughs) um they probably were trying to dry out the field but this was the cool moment because you talk about the military yeah um there had to have been 200 members of the marines that were all in their you know in their formal 
I, what's I, I don't know what marine formal is, but uh, they were. I mean, they looked their formal the, the formal uniform. Formal. Yeah. yeah, it was a formal uniform, yeah. and they were dressed. Um, and then they were lined up almost like a team picture in front of the stadium. It was really cool, and it was raining, but those guys were totally unfazed. You know, it was kind of drizzling before the game. I just thought it was, it was a really cool picture to see all those guys that were out there, um, guys and gals. Uh, in the Marines that were all lined up, and uh, it was just it was pretty cool. It was yeah, very they, very cool. They did a great job honoring our servicemen and women. Uh, they gave a World War II veteran uh, a pair of Super Bowl tickets, which I thought was really awesome. That is awesome. Um, yeah. So I I just want to make like I'm not criticizing the Browns. No, 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 no. I don't think you're. I, I understand. No, you have a. That's okay. You stand on that. Yeah. You know, but, stand on that soapbox. I got you. Um, <laughs> no, they they did a great job with the salute to service. Miles Garrett, by the way, talked about after the game. Uh, when he was asked about playing hurt and stuff like that. And he said, Hey, you know, I, you know, my granddad served and, you know, family served and, you know, it's my job to go out there and play. And it's my job to go out there and produce when I play as well, whether I'm in pain or not. And right. uh, so I, I respect that for miles. It, uh, he could easily be taking time off because of that shoulder injury. Uh, granted, uh, the circumstances in which he sustained the shoulder injury, I obviously he bears a little responsibility for that. But um, you get a, he's given 110 percent, and he made a couple of plays that wrecked that game down the stretch. And uh, without those plays, without Nick Chubb's runs, without Amari Cooper's catching overtime, uh, without David Njoku's incredible one-handed catch, they they don't win the game. Uh, I mean, the star, my top takeaway from all of this that we've talked about, Andy, is the star players made star plays to turn a loss into a victory. And that, to me, is what the game's about. And unfortunately, we don't get to see a lot of it here in Cleveland. We see this happen around the NFL all the time. But for Browns fans on Sunday afternoon, they got to kind of taste what? Fans around the NFL get to taste pretty much on a regular basis, and that is their team coming back to win a game they probably should have won and uh, getting it done, and they beat the all-time greatest to do it, at least in our lifetime, uh, Tom Brady. They, they beat Tom Brady, and, uh, I mean, defense limited him to 17 points. 17 pretty points. impressive. Three All right, we – so, Daryl, we get to talk about the win tonight. When we come back and we uh, have our podcast, what, on Tuesday morning, we are going to turn the page and we're going to look forward to what's going to happen in Houston and Deshaun Watson being back on the field. So all those things coming up on the next edition of It's Always Game Day in Cleveland for our producer, Meredith Kane. Thanks for listening. If you like what you're hearing, then please subscribe to the podcast. He's Daryl. I'm Andy. It's always game day in Cleveland.